cross it in, looking for Garza, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all. Five Strike Final, Jason Jones, Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer, right here, right now. Joe Patrick, Atlanta United back. Back as hell. We back? We ba- is that? Mm. Texas is back. Toronto is back. Texas is back. Texas is back, back, baby. Oh, God. It took <laughs> us like 30 seconds to make a college football reference. The show's already <laughs> off the rails. Um, Atlanta back, though. Shoot, man. Like, we were just looking for something finally to be really, really positive, And it all came in the span of about 60 minutes last night. Well, it was like the first time where it really felt fun watching the team yes. this season. Um, and again, like that's something I said all along is just, you know, I just want to watch the team. I just want it to be fun when I watch. That's really the most that I want out of a team. Usually, you know, when they're winning that, that makes it fun. And uh, but it was just the style of the game, I think, was the most evident difference between last night and all the games that really came before it, which was that, you know, supporting Kansas City came out and challenged us in midfield, thankfully. And it was just made for a fun match to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even if they did kind of sit back a little bit at the beginning, they were still finding some chances. Uh, They were still coming out a little bit. And it wasn't until Zeke just decided to go on a dang run and, and fire the ball towards the goal that we were able to to get on the board here and really open things up. And once it was open, it, it felt like 2018. It felt like felt like almost early 2018, you know, before we were going to a back three and, and really just kind of opening things up. Yeah. Um, you know, it was exciting. It was interesting. It was engaging. Uh, I couldn't really sleep last night afterward, which was the first time that had happened after a game uh, in, in a long time, it feels like. Yeah. Because um, normally they, they had been putting me to sleep. Hey, oh, got him in your face, Frank, <laughs> in your entire face. Um, but it, it was like a, a switch got flipped. And I, I think, and I wrote about this in the recap, I think it all kind of starts with, with Zeke Boat uh, running into space and, and players not being afraid to, to go into space and play the ball forward and, and to get a little bit out of position and not be horrified that if they get out of position, something's going to go terribly, terribly wrong. And that's a comfort level that we haven't seen with Frank's system so far, at least not until about minute 35 last night. Yeah, I mean, the team was was very free-flowing. And I have to say, you know, with me earlier talking about the way Kansas City wanted to play this game, um, pressing just a little bit more at times. And whenever they did that, and especially when Graham Zuzi would come up and press on the right side, that was when Barco just totally exploited him. Um, typically, Atlanta, when he would come up... Um, he, you know, Atlanta was able to just pass through and, and Barco would find himself going down that left side. And it's like, basically he's running at where the fullback should be, but he's just not there. He's on the other side of the pitch. I think Zussi was a little hampered by like a back or something. He was wincing early in the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Barco running up the left side, it's something that I don't know if you remember me ever discussing this in the writer's room. Cause there's been a lot said about Barco, but I have kind of noted how amazing it has been in the, fleeting glimpses I had to watch him um, kind of more up close at the training ground last year before they started blocking our views uh, from the, of the media. Um, 
just watching him run at players up that left side and the way, the way the ball rolls, even you're just kind of, it's kind of like mesmerizing. Like you just see the ball spinning perfectly along the grass. Um, and he's like just barely touching it just to keep it going. And it's just a beautiful thing to behold. And I think we, we kind of saw the, the, how dangerous it can be when he's, when he's in those positions. Um, it's interesting why he wasn't able to kind of do those kinds of things last year. It's not like he's a different, like, I don't know if technically or, you know, well, to, to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. We, we, we talked a little bit about it last year, but him and Miguel occupying the same channel, that same kind yeah. of left half there. Uh, of course, Miguel always floated from the, the central part of the pitch over to the left side and was heavy on his left foot and everything like that. Didn't mm-hmm. really see a whole lot of room. Uh, now point. with Petey not doing literally anything, Zeke can kind of move in <laughs> to uh, those spaces a little bit. And, and you see that anything he created last night, it came very centrally, uh, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the kind of standout points of this game to me in the way Atlanta United played was um, just watching Joseph Martinez, the way he's playing the striker position this year under Frank DeBoer is so much different than the way he did under Tata Martino. And I know it's going to be a big point of contention, especially for a lot of the, uh, you know, DeBoer kind of haters out there um, who are tip or are accustomed to seeing Joseph making those super dangerous, you know, runs to the back post to try to get on the end of service from wide areas. And now he's being asked to do something totally different. He's being asked to link up with Barco when Barco makes that run uh, down the left side and then cuts in, you know, he wants that combination play. I think, you know, when a lot of, when we've, we've been wondering of, over the last couple months, like what does the quote unquote Frank DeBoer system look like? Well, I think that one of the hallmarks of it, or at least one of the main differences from what we saw last year is in the play of what he wants the striker to do in terms of linking up play more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would be, I would be, um, you know, it's funny when you look at Joseph Martinez's goal scoring chart I, from the last two years, I don't think there's been one from outside the box. And I think only like two or three had come from beyond the penalty spot. Um, and I think that we're going to see quite a few outside the box goals from him this year. I think we'll see him just taking more longer range shots in general, kind of like the, his second goal last night where defenders are dropping off him a bit because they're worried about the runners. And then he's able to just turn and shoot from a deeper distance. Yeah, no, I thought about that uh, when I was watching the the replay of the game. Um, just how far away he was. It was weird to see, right? I, I remember I sort of kind of plotted out his goals uh, from last year up until a certain point. I can't remember when I ran this article, uh, but all of them were extremely, extremely close. It's something he's yeah. really good at, something you see with like Bradley Wright Phillips as well. And only one uh, came from like just inside uh, the top of the box. And it was on what was essentially a breakaway. This one was a little different in the fact that he had a couple of folks kind of around him. But it was strange to see him shooting from distance. And it, honestly, he probably could have done a little better with it. Um, he kind of smoked it over the top of, of the keeper there uh, instead of really going towards the corner uh, of the net. But hey, it worked out. Joseph gets the brace. We get a win. And everything... Is great because now Ezekiel Barco is firing on all cylinders and we get to see him control this team for the next few weeks, right? Uh, what are we going to do? What are we? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be scary without him because I feel like our whole offense attack has run through him and now he's going to be gone. Gone, baby, so, gone. 
Why is he going to be gone? Explain that to the people. Uh, he's going to the World Cup. For the Argentina. World Cup? That's going on right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The kids. The kids World Cup. Oh. Cup, it's being covered by uh, Sports Illustrated for Kids. Oh, that's good. Hey, I think I wrote into them a couple of times and they <laughs> didn't give me the interview I wanted. One of the biggest magazines for uh, pediatrics offices yeah, that around, the, around the United States. You can yeah. read about Ezekiel Barca going to the U-20 World Cup and then you can move over and do a word search <laughs> all in the same office. It's going to be awesome. Um, yeah, no, we lose him for at least four weeks to my understanding. Is that right? I don't think, I don't think, I think the next time he will play with Atlanta United is going to be uh, June 26th. Gotcha. That's a long ways away. (laughs) But that's partially is because Atlanta United doesn't have a game between June 2nd and June 26th for the gold cup break. So. God, we're going to have to content. There. I know. Dude, I, had a, I had, a, I had a, a crisis, an, an internal crisis when I saw that today. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that's going to be miserable. I was like, uh, crap, we're going to have to cover the Gold Cup, I guess, because I don't know no, how else I, we're going to get I words refuse. on our website. I refuse. Well, I wouldn't uh, ask you to do that. Oh, thank you. Because we I have minions. We have the interns. Yeah. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, speaking of interns, go at SB Nation and tell them to make me an intern. Thank you. Um, uh, Good plug. Good plug. Good plug. It's going to be... I don't know what's going to happen. Of course, I, Tito fills in, obviously, um, I think. Um, yeah. I think that's the the I, easy I thing. I, you invert him, I'm assuming. And yeah. Kind of go from there and hope Pewdy remembers how to be good at soccer. Yeah, I, I yeah, basically, I think that's it. I mean, uh, it's funny we haven't really seen as much Tito on the left side um, since he's been here, as we have uh, him playing on the right, kind of playing as like a wide forward type of player. Um, but he has said that he grew up in the San Lorenzo Academy, playing on the left side, cutting in on his right. You know, like the modern wingers tend to do nowadays. So um, I've got no problems with him. You know, playing on the left. I think the other option that we've seen this season is Darlington Nagby playing like a 10 role playing further, mm-hmm. higher up the pitch and, um, and then bringing in, you know, playing Laurentowitz next to Remedi or something like that. But I don't think we're as likely to see that. I think that if we were going to see that, we would have seen Pitti kind of honing his play on the left side instead of in central positions. He's been lining up as like a, a central number 10 the last two games. So I think that, you know, we won't want to disrupt that and just, you know, make the most natural selection, which is, I think is Tito. Yeah, it makes sense to me, but it, it's going to be so lacking from those connecting runs. I guess we talked about a lot. Uh, remember we, we mentioned a bunch when Miguel left and especially in the first part of the year that there was no one there to kind of run into space, especially in any kind of transition situation. Uh, I think you tweeted a gif last night of Julian Gressel having an opportunity to do that and not being able to just physically mm-hmm. not being able to. Right. Um, so I think the question then becomes with, with Tito moving in um, and a suddenly figuring out how to do that a little bit and how to fill the void that Miguel left. Um, now that he's figured it out and leaving almost immediately, who's going to step up and do that. And right now I have no idea who it is. We may, Again, see another <laughs> regression for this team, which is going to be so frustrating after last night where we get to a point where we go up against, a, a, to be fair, a very injured 
sporting Kansas City team, but always a very well-drilled and well-coached team uh, because Peter Vermes and his sexy self is sitting on the touchline. One, being hot. Two, coming up with um, <laughs> some really solid tactics as always, I think. Uh, maybe I'm just biased. I don't know. Um well, I think you're. I, I, know, I think uh, I you're, you're. You're really looking at this uh, with the the glass half empty there, Sam. Me? You know, because you, you, I, I could say, you know, with Tito, with Tito in the lineup, you know, he gives you more speed, more direct vertical speed. Um, he might be able to push back the defensive line a little bit and pr- provide a little bit more room in between the lines, um, in between that defensive line and the midfield line, because his threat mm-hmm. of running in behind, and maybe that could create a little bit more room for Pitti in certain situations for him to him to create. I think that we did see an improvement from him. Definitely front in sporting Kansas city versus uh, the, the previous game in Colorado. I thought Colorado, he really struggled. You know, there was, I, I was talking to Felipe Cardenas about this um, when we were at training last week, but I just had rewatched uh, the first half to help put me to sleep. Um, one of the nights last week. And, you know, there was room to create uh, between the lines. Like there really were, was um, opportunities to break Colorado down. And it just what happened was in the key situations, you know, the touch wasn't there. The, the, the first touch, you know, it has to be perfect when you receive it in those areas. Otherwise, you know, a, a touch that goes a little too heavy is going to create all sorts of mayhem. So, um, you know, it was just, but it was sharper against Kansas city. I, I think we saw him and we saw him being a little more aggressive, you know, trying to get his shot off. Um, and so I think that hopefully without, you know, with Barco out, I think he kind of understands that this is going to sort of be his show to run in midfield. They better figure it out quick. Like we said, there's going to be a lot of responsibility. My, 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 my bigger concern just coming up in general is our rotation. I feel like we are not very, well, we have injuries well, like look, to our so reserve so players. Is there Freed is doing fine. Um, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> what rotation? I, th- I feel, I feel like we don't have many bodies to kind of cycle through over this, uh, over this stretch. Um, you know, Bellows injury is big. So it's mainly in, in certain positions. You, you just don't have that as many options. Um, like with Bellow, you know, you have, don't have Barco now. Um, no one knows what Brandon Vasquez is. Romario Williams played with the twos <laughs> last night. You know, like these guys have not right. been really involved. So, you know, you don't feel confident kind of throwing them into a game right now. I think the guy who's gotten kind of the most action going forward would be like Dion Pereira. Is he like kind of the going to be the number one attacker off the bench for us over these next seven games or whatever we have? That's a fascinating question. Maybe. I, I, I don't no know. Idea. At the very least, it's good that we have first choice left back Michael Parkhurst. Uh, to be doing things down the left side. We should uh, talk so about him. We should. We should because it could have been very easy for Parky to be like, nah, fuck y'all, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, kid comes in, Miles Robinson comes in, takes his spot, essentially. And it's something that we all kind of knew was happening as we saw Miles turn into the Miles Robinson slowly before our eyes uh, right at the beginning of the year. Um, and it's the right choice. It's the right choice. Miles is just flat out better at this point. He's so good. Uh, he's so good. I think um, if, if we have one all-star on this now, team. Right? It might be Miles, right? Yeah. And I think we're starting to take it for granted a little bit. At first, we were all talking about it uh, kind of at length after every single game. But, uh, you know, uh, haven't heard as much about Miles lately. I think that will come back around as we continue to see him perform really well um hopefully he's good i, I didn't see uh, any kind of concussion report or anything yeah like i mean he, I he, he's good. 
Yeah, he seemed like immediately when it happened, he was like on the ground laughing. Yeah, what, maybe I mean, it was like a that. maniacal laughter yeah. where he's, you know, out of his mind and turned yeah. into an alter ego. But I don't but think yeah, so. No, Parky gets shifted. He gets moved out to the right. Um, and now he's over on the left um, being really successful at it because in large part, he's not Breck Shea. Um, and that may be his biggest attribute right now is not being Breck Shea. Um, so good for him. Went on that. Um, and good for you too, Joe Patrick, on not being Breck Shea. Thank um, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you so, know, it's, it's, I like to, it's I, I'd like cool. to think Michael. I think I'd like to think Michael Parkhurst is the uh, Nick Markakis of the Atlanta of uh, Atlanta United. That's a great comparison. Ninety nine percent of our listeners don't know who Nick Markakis is. Professional soccer player, Nick Michael Parkhurst. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Nick Markakis is known as a professional hitter. He's a professional baseball hitter, mm. and Michael Parkhurst is just a professional soccer defender. Comes in and gets the job done. That's all you need, right? Real gym rat. He, it's so funny. Like he acknowledges the fact that his best his best attribute, the fact that he's a despite the fact that he's a defender, his best attributes are his first touch, his passing, um, like these like technical, more attacking kinds of qualities. Like his, his big weakness is his strength and physicality and speed. Um, basically, the things that you typically want out of a defender, but. Somehow he's always seemed to make it work. And I think uh, as a left back, especially one that can help the team uh, maintain possession, I think he's kind of perfect. Yeah. Which, I mean, perfect is like a reserve. Because Parkhurst is the least soccer player of all the soccer players I've interacted with. Yes. Right? Like even just standing next to him, I'm bigger than him. I think you're bigger than him. Um, he doesn't look... Uh, <laughs> He doesn't look like he's in great shape. Uh, he doesn't look in bad shape. Like he's not, no, of course, like not. A, you know, Josh Donaldson or something. Yeah. Um, but he would like put on cargo shorts after the game. In fact, I bet yeah. I, he, he <laughs> has to own quite a bit. Exactly. I hope he knows the Orlando jokes we make aren't directed like at him. Like, I hope he knows that. I don't know. I just hope he doesn't take any cargo shorts joke we make personally. Um, but you like, we put Jeff who's, I think is older than him mm-hmm. and Jeff is jacked right yeah like Jeff is swole and you can kind of see like oh yeah this is a professional athlete Parker's is not there but yet anywhere you put him on the field it's so true and if you ask <laughs> yeah. me directly and if you like ask me directly and I was strapped to a lie detector test and you were like what does Michael Parker's do well I would freak out because I'm not entirely sure, but yet I know he's good. I know he is good at this sport, but what does he do well? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And that's the whole point. <laughs> he has it. He's got, <laughs> he's got that. American and I don't know Idol what it factor, is. Right. He can't, he maybe can't sing the most on key. He's a little pitchy dog sometimes, but you know what? America comes out and votes for Parky. He is, he is the, Justin Guarini of <laughs> Atlanta United. He also gives a great quote. That's why I like him. Oh, yeah. That's good. He gives you whatever you need. He knows what you're looking for, you know. I want to talk more about American Idol, but maybe we'll have to do a separate podcast for that. Uh, Justin Guarini, by the way, is Little Sweet, the Dr. Pepper mascot. Oh, okay. And I feel yeah. like everyone needs to know that now. Um, wow. There you go. 
There you go. Anything else from the game we need to talk about? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I'm talking about Peter Vermes for a little while, uh, but don't want to get myself too worked up. Small soldiers, um, commander. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. guy in Avatar. Uh, oh, we did have some questions. I, I think some of them were actually. Oh, yeah. Questions. <laughs> the, the main part of our show. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Weird. We almost forgot. Um, this is an interesting point here from Andrew Freeman, who says, I thought we won because we were a better man for man against a similar system thoughts. And Andrew hits on something I was thinking about today. And it comes down to possession, I think. With the comparison between Sporting and Atlanta United, it's something that I, it was pretty clear to see uh, when looking at just kind of the statistics for the two teams. This is the two top teams of possession coming in to this mm-hmm. game last night. Um, Sporting has always really tried to maintain possession and also has always tried to get off a lot, a lot of shots, right? And last night, Atlanta United beat them in their own game. They put 19 shots up. Eight of them were on target um, in controlled possession, right? Um, it ends up winning them the XG. It ends up winning the real game. And maybe it's not because we were better man for man. Uh, no, actually, I'm going to say this. Yeah, no, I think yeah. that's right on. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Yeah. I, I said the words and I went, wait, no, that's not right. Yeah. I mean, the after the game, of course, like everybody's making the caveat that Sporting Kansas City is, you know, was missing all the players. Um, and that's totally true. But that was still a pretty decent starting 11 for them. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it, it was a decent starting 11. I think Brent, maybe only two, bit, but he's around. Yeah, I think maybe only two non first choice guys, I think, or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I still think, you know, I still think we beat up a, a little bit and took advantage of a weakened team. But, um, you know, you can't beat the team. We Our guys are better than theirs. So that's what we all want to see, right? I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Not that, not that Andrew was saying there was anything wrong with that. No, not at all. No. I think that's what we no. all want to see. That's a good comparison. And if we end up being a more super-powered version of Sporting Kansas City, I think that's a really good place for this team to be for a long time. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, possess- I mean, I oh. I like possess- I like teams that possess and play and try to be the the quote unquote protagonist of the game. Yeah, and we did that. Uh, yeah, and that's where we're going to end. I think that's what both. I think that's what both these teams want to be typically in most games that they play or in all games that they play. And I think that that's why we made for such a open kind of exciting game because you know styles make fights and both teams had a reason to go for it last night. And there we go. And that's going to wrap it up here for five strike final. Um, I do want to say that we got a lot of stuff coming y'all's way because of course we have Toronto on Wednesday and then Orlando on Sunday. And maybe we'll figure out how to do some kind of episode in between then because I'm done with school. What up? Um, Congrats. So, thank you. When I do you get it. your grades? Uh, don't know. Don't care. Do you have gra- does, does grad school do, do grades? Like what, how does it work? Yeah, totally. No. And I have a, uh, what do I have? I have like a three nine right now or something, man. I'm killing it. So I'm doing all right. Damn. Doing all right. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Toronto Wednesday will be live from MBS there. Sunday will be live from MBS. Um, shoot us any questions you may have throughout the week. We're happy to answer them on the Twitter account at five strike final. Go follow Jerry South soccer at Jerry South soccer. Go follow Joe at J Patrick 200. Go at SB nation and tell them to give me the editorial internship. Please. And thank you. Um, yeah. 
I think I think Wednesday's gonna be really interesting. Toronto's really, really, really good. We aren't gonna be able to really beat them man for man. Uh, and they're also gonna come to play ball. They aren't gonna sit back. I don't I'm think. glad. So, I'm, I'm really glad you don't have school so we can stay up late. On the oh, yeah, man, we can stay up late talking about talking about talking about through balls. Yeah, great. <laughs> Not the nerdiest sleepover ever. <laughs> um, all right, that'll do it. Let's get out of here. Bye, all. Right. See ya.